Have you ever felt blindsided when someone suddenly dumped you for what seemed like no reason at all? Have you ever felt like you were living under a microscope being picked apart by the person you were with? Or have you ever been love bombed before? Did you know that each of these behaviors could be explained by exploring your partner's core wounds? Hello and welcome to Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. This week, I'm sharing a very special discussion that I had with Jason Green, an attachment styles coach. We recorded this interview together while I was in Los Angeles a few months back. And to be honest, it kind of got lost in the archives until recently, I saw a post online that reminded me of how helpful the theory of attachment styles can be when it comes to understanding both ourselves and the ones we love. And I just had to share what I learned from Jason with you. Some of the concepts can be a little tricky to grasp, but he's so good at explaining it all in easy to understand language, and I'm sure he's going to have you hanging on his every word. So listen in as we talk about each of the four attachment styles. You might want to take notes and see if you can identify which one best describes you and the way you show up in relationships. Now, I'm going to keep this introduction short because we've got a lot of information to get through, and I'm excited because you and I are about to learn about attachment styles together. Let's go. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Welcome to Big Lash Energy. I'm here with Jason Green, the attachment style coach. Welcome. First Thank of all. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for wearing a shade of orange today. It's close. It's close. <laughs> it's like burnt orange. It's lovely. It looks great on you. So you and I met actually when we were in Las Vegas. Yes. At the podcast convention. That's right. And it was such a lovely surprise because, uh, you know, of course, we we're meeting tons of people and we met you. We had an interaction, my sister and I. And the next time we saw you at one of the get togethers, you were like, hey, I was listening to your show <laughs> and I was so impressed and grateful because first of all, we didn't really make the show for men. We, <laughs> right. we definitely appreciate when men listen, <laughs> but it was just so sweet. And so then I, of course, did a deep dive into what you're doing and we've kind of just connected since then. Well, you know, you had all this orange on and I was like, who are these women wearing orange all the time? And other people were asking too. So yeah, I finally went up to you. I was like, what is with this whole orange thing? So we weren't really trying to blend in. Yeah, no, no. You, it was like excellent marketing. I was like, they, they figured it out So because everybody <laughs> was you. talking about you. So Thank yeah, so I was like, I got to know who these people are. So I wanted to listen, of course, because of that, but I wasn't expecting to like it because I was like, okay, it didn't sound like it was kind of my thing, but I was like, oh, actually this is really interesting as a guy. I didn't think I would, but I was like, oh, I actually love the show. <laughs> oh, so. thank you. I love that. So then you, of course, approached me after you'd heard my story, my Fifty Shades of Red right. trilogy, my heartbreak <laughs> extravaganza. And then you kind of hit me up saying, hey, I think I know what attachment style you are. Correct. Well, first of all, it was good. It was a good three-parter. So, but uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it takes a little longer to figure people out. But I was like, okay, I think I know her attachment style based off just of just that one relationship. I think this is fascinating because for one, I know absolutely nothing about attachment styles. And as soon as you and I decided that we were going to connect, I completely shut off all information about attachment styles because I wanted you to teach me from the ground level right. because you clearly are someone who knows what you're talking about with this. And I wanted to learn with my listeners. First of all, let's go along this journey. I'd like to first find out what drew you to this whole theory 
first of all, I always like to tell people I'm not a therapist. Right. I'm just someone who's really knowledgeable about this you know, topic. And what really got me there is I was in a relationship and I was kind of struggling with it. We were having all kinds of issues. And I don't know, she was different than other women I dated previously. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I'd never tried so hard and failed so much. Oh, and so and I've been there. Yeah. Yes. And it was we talked about marriage and everything. Like I just started to save for the ring and everything. Oh, wow. So I was like, I was so confused, you know, what was going on. And at one point she actually recommended we should do therapy. I was like, okay, let's do therapy. How long had you been together at that point? I was almost two years. And okay. so we um so we went to one therapist, but it was like a husband wife um couple that were therapists. Uh-huh. So we did that once, just like as an intro, but with our healthcare, you can't have two therapists. So we're like, okay. She's like, well, what if we just do our own therapist and then we'll come together, you know, cause we weren't married. So she couldn't be under my, you know, my healthcare. Oh, okay. So, so I was like, okay, let's do that. And so we both scheduled our individual therapy sessions. I didn't really know what I was going for individually, but I was like, I want this to work. So let me go ahead and do it. I'll do anything. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, was, I was desperate. Or at least make it look like I'm willing to do yeah, anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, her appointment was a week before my appointment. And so she went to her appointment and she was already kind of, uh, creating some space that week up to that. And after her appointment, I called her and how, how, you know, how was your appointment? And she ended the relationship right there. Oh yeah. And so did she blame the therapist or did she just say I got clarity in my session or what, like, what was the excuse? It was very business-like. It was like a five minute call. Like <gasps> this is not working. We just need to move on. I wish you the best. Like the apprentice. It's not yeah. personal. It's business. Yeah. Yeah. I got fired. Wow. <laughs> so, so of course I was devastated and, yeah. and I, you know, I was just like, well, I don't understand this, but you know, reach out to me if for some reason you change your mind soon. Uh-huh. And, and so I went to my appointment, I was going to cancel it. it really wasn't like a big proponent of therapy, but I was like, you know, maybe I should go. Cause this, of course I'm sad over this. I went to the therapy and about 20 minutes into it, I was describing how the relationship went and he goes, Oh, it sounds like she's a dismissive avoidant. And I was like, what is that? And so he's like, well, there's this thing called attachment styles. And he kind of explained a little bit about how she was uh-huh. or what what's a dismissive avoidant. And so, you know, then we finished our time, but I, as soon as I went outside, I wrote it down. So I went home um, and I looked up that and attachment styles and for like the next four or five hours, I was just reading on it. And I was like, how do these people know so much about my relationship? You know, these strangers. And so I found two books um, and then I, I got them that next day and I'm not a big reader. I prefer to like watch YouTube, but I read them in like the next 24 hours. You were in it. Yeah. And this was like. (laughs) right at the beginning of, right before COVID started. So you had all the time in the world. Yeah, all the time in the world. And uh, yeah, exactly. You became an attachment style expert during COVID. Pretty much. So I just started reading it. And then I was like bored on these hikes, you know, because I said we're all in isolation at that point. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I'm going to try this on TikTok. And, uh, and then it kind of blew up. It's clear that people are very interested in this topic. How many attachment styles are there? So there's four total, three main ones and a minor one. And what are these four attachment styles called? So we have the secure attachment style. We have the preoccupied anxious attachment style, the dismissive avoidant attachment style. So those are the three main ones. And then the minor one is the fearful avoidant attachment style, which is also called a disorganized attachment. They really didn't make these names simple. No, not at all. And there's like two or three names for some of them to just confuse people. Wow. Do you think it's more important to know which attachment style you are? Or is it more important to know which attachment style your partner is? First, I definitely, you should know your own because mm-hmm. that's going to help you figure out because it's, it's really about security is what attachment styles are and your core wounds as a child. Interesting. And so 
the more you know about yourself, of course, then you're going to identify when you maybe do things that are not good for the relationship or maybe why you're attracted to certain kinds of people during a relationship. Oh, so that's fascinating. Yeah. So you can avoid people that are not good for you, you know, and, you know, search more for the ones. Don't you feel though, like maybe because I'm assuming we haven't got into it yet, but I'm assuming there's a lot of information you need to know about someone before you know which attachment style they are. Like, for example, you had to listen to a three part trilogy about me, like basically my whole life story. And then you're like, oh, now I know. So couldn't you maybe find out about someone's attachment style too late into the relationship? Like you're already super invested. And you're like, oh, shit, she's a dismissive avoidant. Or whatever. <laughs> that is possible. But if the more knowledgeable you get of this, the quicker you can be. Sometimes you're going to find out a little too late because, you know, we always put on our best yeah, look, exactly. You know, the beginning. So, but this will kind of help you figure it out faster. I know like the last date I went on, I mean, it was like 45 minutes. I was like, okay, she's anxious attachment style. You kind of can learn how to tweak that. Like I had her talking about her, her parents and her, her deadbeat dad. And so you're asking the very important questions on the first date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like at my age, cause I, I was married for 15 years. I'm, I'm 48, but at my age now I'm like, like you're I, not wasting time. I don't waste time yet. Yeah. I don't want to waste their time either, you know? It's true. So, That's very true. So yeah, I'm like, I kind of like, let me just get to the to the point. Also, that goes with my attachment style. I don't date often, so I kind of date with a purpose. Intentional so, dating, Intentional yeah. dating, yeah. Okay, all right. So I know anybody listening is so curious, which one am I? I gotta know. Who's, which one's my husband? Which one's my boyfriend? Okay, which one's my side piece? Okay, so, <laughs> so let's go through each one, one by one. Okay. What is the first attachment style? So secure attachment style is the first one. That's the one where we should all strive to go. Okay. And I guess before I start in that, you're not 100% one kind of attachment style. Oh, just to make it more complicated. Yeah, so, you know, equals 100%. <laughs> so, like, for me, I'm, like, 60% secure, probably, like, 30% anxious, 10% avoidant. Now I feel like we're doing math, and now I want to leave the class. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only math I promise. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, but, you're, yeah, it's important to know you're not 100% one thing, but you're going to be strongest in right. one of them most okay. times. Some people are, you know, unique. So, once you know that, then you can go, like, okay, this is my strongest attachment. So, secure is what you should be. You're going to have a little bit of that. Of mm -hmm. course, but some people are going to have a lot of it, which is preferred. So secure, they're the people that usually had parents that were supportive of them, let them know they loved them, gave them security, uh, were able to communicate with their parents. First seven or eight years of your life, your brain's still forming. And so it's it's learning, right, from your whoever's taking care of you or whoever you're around. And so mm -hmm. if, if you're getting all those right things, your brain's going to you know, do all the right things when you grow up to be an adult. Not that you're not going to be perfect. Secure people are not like, you know, rainbows and butterflies, but they're going to be the person that's um, good communication. They're not going to kind of do those high levels. If they like you, they're going to let you know that I like you. They're not going to play those games. So, okay. Yeah. So like I so said, they're not perfect. Doesn't mean you can't have problems as a secure person. Or just regular personality flaws or, right. or you could be not compatible for each other. Even Correct. As, right. So, okay. So the signs of someone who is this attachment style would be that they're good at communicating they are good at expressing how they feel right. right off the bat and they don't play games. Right. So those would be the, the top three those or is there... Those are really the top ones. Um, one thing I always tell people is they're going to come across as boring at first. Oh. Because you're, if you're, say, an insecure attachment, like anxious or avoidant, you're used to something that's not normal, what should be normal. And so if you're used to... So an anxious person's used to inconsistency. The secure person's not going to give you inconsistency, so it's not going to feel normal. And so right. you're going to think, oh, this person is just boring. And yeah, they may just be boring, but I was to people give them a, you know, two or three days. Well, sometimes we're kind of a little bit addicted to the ups and downs, the questionings, the games, because that's what we were raised with. And that's right. the confusion is that's our normal. But when you're with someone who's 
not confusing. You're like, wait, where's the highs and the lows? Where's the adrenaline rush that comes from trying to figure out if this person likes me or not? Yeah, they're supportive and they're just there for you. Yeah, all those horrible (laughs) things. And so... And that is the... Secure attachments, which is like 50% of the world, roughly. Oh, I feel like I haven't met any of them. (laughs) That's because you're in the dating world. That's totally different. (laughs) Okay. So when you're... If you're dating somebody over 30 years old, you're going to only see like 15 and 20% of secure people out there. So that's why you're not finding them is because wow. there's not a lot of them left. So it's <laughs> high school sweethearts, you know, and, and, uh, you know, they'll come out of there. Of course, some, some of them get divorced, but it could be they lost a partner or whatever. So, but yeah, a lot of them just don't go back in the dating world. They're just kind of like, I'm fine by myself. And secure people are like myself. I've been single for like six months now. Like I'm totally fine with that. Like, okay, I'm good for a while. Yeah. You know? So I don't, I don't need to jump into something, you know, so they're okay being alone for short periods, of course. It's kind of interesting when you say that 50% of people in the world have secure attachment styles when the divorce rates are around 50%. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Is it a coincidence? We don't know. (laughs) Tune into next week. (laughs) Okay, so we've got secure. Number one. What's the second one? Okay, we'll talk about preoccupied anxious attachment, also called anxious attachment. They usually grew up, now most of the stuff comes from childhood. It doesn't mean you can't, change your attachment style can change over time and it does whether you're working on it or not depending on your situations but most times it's your childhood and so an anxious person usually has inconsistency in their childhood and it could be like a deadbeat dad maybe mom's working two jobs support so like you're raising yourself or grandma and you know brothers raising you so you have all these inconsistencies or maybe like a parent has like lupus or fibromyalgia or cancer and so they're not be able to be the best parent you know so you have those whatever it is it could be some type of inconsistency there's 50 reasons why it could be right so you have that little bit inconsistency and this is the same as like anxiety they're really similar as far as the if someone has anxiety they're probably an anxious attachment most times so at least a version of that and so because of the inconsistency, and these are the people that are usually like the cuddlers, the ones who want to be around their partner all the time. They're always giving, they're always looking at the best of the person and maybe ignore some of the, the stuff that's not so good oh, about wow. that partner. And so, like I said, they're, they're the, the, the huggers, the cuddlers, the ones that give too much and, and also blame themselves whenever things don't work out. Um, so yeah, they're the ones always giving. They're the ones also usually more receptive to working on themselves. They're the ones in therapy usually. And that's usually like, that's probably like 90% of my audience. It sounds like when you describe it, it sounds like the inconsistencies in childhood, they put onto themselves. Like maybe I'm the reason my mom couldn't love me all the time. Maybe I'm the reason my mom couldn't be there, couldn't. And so then in a relationship moving forward, it's like, I have to present myself in this flawless, perfect way or overgive because otherwise they might leave me. Is that, is that it? Yes, actually. The, so well, it's all close, comes down to core wounds. And one of the core wounds is like, I will be abandoned for anxious people. Um, I can, I may be unloved, you know, so they're afraid of being alone. And so, so that's perfect oh. with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what it boils down to. This is why I can't be a parent because I could just do one thing wrong and then my kids just oh, screwed up in I, the dating world. I mean, I didn't learn this until all of my kids were like teenagers. So now do you so just like, feel like, Oh dang, hopefully they're going to be okay. Yeah, hopefully, there. Yeah. So they're, they're tired of hearing about attachment styles. So yeah. So the anxious person grew up with that inconsistency. So they need consistency from their partner, but their brain says inconsistency is normal. Oh, and yeah. so that's why a lot of so times, they need consistency, but they will be more drawn to inconsistency. Right. They're like, oh, oh this dang. is normal because, you know, he's, you know, he loves me one day, yeah. lo- doesn't love me the next. But yeah. that's I'm used to that. Yeah. Like we just want a vacation now. He wants a week away from me with no contact, you know, super and, normal. Yeah. And then, of course, you're thinking, like, why did I 
what did I do to make him that way or whatever? Oh you know? no. Yeah. And so you're, you're blaming My yourself My heart is broken for this person. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of them. So, um, that's like, so anxious people make up about 25% of the population uh-huh. in the dating world. It's like 25, 30% depending on the age. I'm like, I'm trying to, as you're de- describing these, I'm trying to figure out which one I'm, I don't yeah. know. I'm feeling like maybe, maybe I relate to this one a little too much. <laughs> maybe, but don't tell me I yeah, which one I end. am. Yeah. Don't tell me which one I am. But I'm like, Oh, why do I feel so bad for this person? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. No comment. <laughs> we'll, move okay. we'll move on to the next one if you want. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So just out in the world, being able to tell an anxious an anxious attachment style from a distance or, you know, when you're first meeting them, it would be that they are like possibly overgiving, possibly overly affectionate. Yeah. They're going to usually jump in the relationship pretty hot and heavy. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, you know, weekend they're like, uh, you know, I'm already thinking about marrying her, you know, yeah. or like, I just want to spend the whole time with them, you know? And so, um, yeah, you really just kind of focus on what you're, so the word preoccupied anxious, you're preoccupied with the relationship, good oh, and bad. Gotcha. So yeah, you kind of become obsessive. Um, you can be addicted to it basically. It's a like, little bit it's lost like a, in the relationship. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like a drug. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. All right. So that's type number two, anxious. What do we got for number three? Okay. So the dismissive avoidant is the next one. And that's what led me to attachment styles. Cause I was in a relationship with a dismissive avoidant. So, so, so you have a PhD in dismissive avoidance. Yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's the most fascinating one, but also the toughest one to really be around. Okay. Um, you know, or the toughest one to get into therapy too. A dismissive avoidant usually has an avoidant parent growing up. And usually there's like, it's like an emotional desert. And so there's no love, no security. And so like in this, originally when attachment styles got discovered, it was um, the study with two-year-olds in like a, a room with toys and their mom. Say the mom left and, the baby would cry, like anxious baby or secure baby would cry, the avoidant baby would be totally fine. But underneath, they have a little bit of anxiety. They want to be close to mom, but they don't want to show the emotion because they know that emotion, they're not going to get the love and security. They might actually get punished for for crying. So they kind of grow up to be independent, you know, even though like you have this two-year-old that's, they're not really independent, but they're kind of having to learn on their own already. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I can't count on mom or dad to pick me up and cuddle, you know, or whatever, or say everything's going to be okay when I, you know, hurt myself. And so, what happens is um, they grow up to be independent. And a lot of these avoidance are really good in the business world Mm -hmm. because they've learned how to be independent and and they don't need anybody. They have this kind of mentality. They kind of have an armor up like, I don't need anybody, I'm all on my own, but we all have needs, right? Mm -hmm. And so so they're still out in the dating world because they want to take care of their needs and usually have good intentions, but they get into these relationships and then they feel like they're trapped, you know, and so interesting. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden their attachment system and their brain. So they think they want a relationship because basically the world around them is telling them that they should be in one or maybe, yeah, they want sex or they want whatever. Once they're in it, it's like, Oh Jesus is asking too much of me. I'm not ready to be this emotionally available for someone. Yeah. The more serious the relationship gets, the more their attachment system goes into overdrive. The only way they've been trained, unless they're going to therapy to, to lower that attachment system is to get space from that person. And so what they'll do is um, they'll either just get space by leaving, mm-hmm. you know, or like having no contact or they'll do what's called deactivating strategies. And these are things to squelch intimacy, to push you oh. away. And that's where I kind of experienced it personally was one of the things is like, they'll focus on your imperfections, mm-hmm. like how you walk, talk, eat, sleep. And so that's where I started to find a flaw in you. Right. Yeah. It creates that wall. So it makes it easier when they do leave. And that's where I experienced it the most. All of a sudden I was like, getting criticized how I ate, how I walked, how mm-hmm. I talked. Yeah, so avoidance tend to have that thought of 
they're looking, there's only the one out there. Yeah. And if you have any problems in the relationship, then they're clearly not the one I got to move on. Also, one of the deactivating strategies is common. It's called the Phantom X. Uh-huh. And with the Phantom X, they're going to think about the one that got away, but they're going to think of only the positive things of that person. Yeah. And then now they're with you. So, of course, they're going to see things that they don't like if they're around each other enough. So, they're only going to think about the negative flaws of you. So, yeah. you're, you're competing against this imaginary person, basically. Um, you may not even know it unless, of course, they can tell you. Because they're also very abrasive, usually. They'll tell you things. That you don't really want to hear that, like, are ouchy. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, wow, you really just went in on something that is that I take really personal. Just yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. They're, um, in other ways, also, they're, like, kind of like, it's like being in court almost. So, it, when you're, like, arguing with them. So, it's very matter of fact. It's very black and white, which can be frustrating, of course, for the other yeah. person. So, um, And it can leave you, as a person interacting with them, just, oh, I'm clearly not an expert on attachment styles, but I, I can see now it can leave you feeling really insecure. Oh yeah, so so I went into that relationship with a dismissive avoidant. Um, I felt like decently secure. I mean, I didn't know about attachment styles then. With yourself, yeah. Right, but uh, but I was never anxious around whoever I was dating, right? right? Other than like the first date, you know? But when I left the relationship, I was super anxious. Like I didn't recognize Aww. myself. I, I was, I, I kind of joke sometimes with my audience, and it's, but it's kind of true, I was like, I was like, I've been to two different wars and I had more anxiety with this hundred pound woman <laughs> than, than that. Because yeah, you were in the military. So you're saying. Yeah. And so it's, it's just like, I shouldn't have more anxiety for her versus wow. that situation. That's insane though. The power that people have on each other. Yeah. And so when she would go to work, cause I was working from home and stuff, I had just retired from the military. And so I was working from home and, you know, I take care of her dog or whatever. And so she would go to work. I would have anxiety from the moment I woke up because I'm like, I got to make sure everything's perfect because the whole day is going to be ruined. Yeah. You know, if like a cup gets late, left out by a kid or yeah. like, I had three teenagers at home. Yeah. But, um, I was married to someone like that before you're tiptoeing around. Yeah. Like if I, I remember one time I got screamed at cause I left crumbs on the counter after I made toast and it was the whole day was ruined. Yeah. And that's with, with how she was. And then she go to work and I realized my anxiety would go away. Oh, and man. then when she came home, it would pop back up. And I even went to therapy, uh, EMDR therapy because of this. I was like, I don't know why I'm anxious, like in this whole relationship. And I realized the source of my issue. So she basically, when she fired you, did you a ginormous blessing? Yeah. You know, it's even though I was sad. I had this sense of relief at the yeah. same time. Like mm-hmm. it didn't change. I loved her you know, and I wanted it to work at that moment. But same time, I was like, once I learned, I learned attachment styles like a week after. Right. And I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother her. You know, if she wants to reach out, we'll figure it out maybe. But I was like, I feel okay. I don't have anxiety anymore. Yeah. And, then, and then of course he go into the, I waited for a while, I went to the next relationship and I was like, okay, am I gonna be anxious? And I was totally chilled the whole relationship. Wow. So I was like, okay, this makes sense. You know, with this attachment style knowledge. Telling you there's like 50% of avoidance in the dating world and uh-huh. like 25% anxious people. They tend to attract each other because the anxious person subconsciously, this is all subconsciously, seeks uh, inconsistency. The avoidant um, has that incons- gives them that inconsistency. And then an avoidant tends to like feel like they usually have very high self-esteem. They want to feel confident and they like to kind of be like, feel like they're kind of like better than these yep. other people, you know? And so then they have this person who needs, needs them and yeah. they kind of like that and feed off that. But at the same time they hate it because they're always wanting to be around them. And so you have this thing and it's, they call it the anxious avoidant trap and it's really hard to get out of. Um, and that's kind of what I was in. And so it's a lot of back and forth and, and stuff like that until, you know, either it ends or you just are miserable. <laughs> What is the fourth attachment style? So that's the minor one, and it didn't come to like a decade later, and it's called a fearful avoidant. You may also hear it as disorganized attachment, but we'll call it fearful Jesus. avoidant. I know. 
it, it tends to be disorganized. Who do I have to talk to to get this all a lot more Problem streamlined? Is you, have, <laughs> you have like five decades of therapists, psychiatrists and everything. Contributing to yeah, it? Yeah. And everybody okay. wants to put their, one person try to put colors to it. And I'm like, let's not, you know. I wish that they put colors to it yeah. because then I would be like, oh, colors. Yeah. <laughs> I put colors to my TikTok, the font, like green is for secure. Okay. Stuff like that. But, um, this is why you have so many followers. <laughs> <laughs> so It's not a mistake. <laughs> okay. So let's hear about this fourth one. Okay. So fearful avoidant, um, they only represent like three to 5% of the population. They are the most complex of all of them. And that's because they tend to have, they have anxious and avoidant traits. And so they can go back and forth depending on their situation. And these people usually come from extreme childhoods, um, like physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse. Uh, maybe they had like an alcoholic parent or drug addict parent. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that's traumatic, um, even like foster care adoption like mm-hmm. that. You know, it's basically what, no child should go through and unfortunately they do and so they have to they have to kind of adapt and learn how to be on their own mm-hmm. kind of similar to the the um the dismissal avoidance it's just that fearful avoidance they still know that they need love and they still want that they don't have they're not as secure uh they're not as confident i guess you could say as a dismissive avoidant they still have that anxious part of them and so so they seek out those relationships but but like the dismissive avoidant they at a certain point they're like this doesn't feel right um, you know, I can't trust this person. They've really high with mistrust. So it was the dismissive avoidant. And so they didn't tend to like push the person away. Um, and so they struggle with, with, you know, basically being in a relationship. And so, because they have that complex life, you know, interesting. So when they first categorized these, the three original groups, there was this one group who just sometimes did bizarre stuff in response to the experiments. And, and that's where fearful came. So sometimes, like I said, they fit in one, sometimes they fit in the other, but sometimes they just do something that's totally extreme, you know? And okay, so, so give me examples of how I could spot a fearful avoidant in the world. To me, the quickest thing is honestly to learn about their childhood. Now, both avoidants tend to not talk about their childhood much. If you ask them about their parents or whatever, they'll give you like one or two really quick stories and that's it. But if you like try to get anything deep with that, they're not going to usually talk about it. Mm-hmm. So with a fearful avoidant, honestly, because most of them come from extreme childhoods, it's really mm-hmm. like, you know, where you adopted foster care, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so that's really kind of, those are harder to, to figure out. Okay, so you meet someone, they're a little bit, you know, iffy about talking about their childhood. So then, but then what are the, how does that manifest in just their behavior? So they're going to be, a little bit mistrustful. Um, as far as the fearful, they're going to be, they're going to have some more anxious qualities where they're going to want to be around you and stuff like that, but then they're going to be hot and cold. So it's like, you know, they're going to be around you and then they're going to all of a sudden I need a week off. So there is a lot of, I know you're, there's fearful and dismissive have a lot of similarities uh-huh. and that is the confusing part. Unfortunately, it's just really the, um, dismissive avoidant is a lot more confident and not needing anybody. And so that's kind of the determining factor. Oh, I and see, then I see. And then their childhood. But those are the the fearfuls. Like I said, it's a very small population, mm-hmm. so it's rare to you come across one. But um, they, ah, look, we see a fearful avoidant yeah. in the wild. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watch it as it moves <laughs> through the cafe. <laughs> exactly. So they're just super complex, super extreme childhood, and that's really the best way to figure them out. And what's the best way to love someone like that? You have to give them their space. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to. They got to be feel comfortable with you, and they're both avoidants are going to feel like they're going to be judged if they know, if you know everything about them. And so mm-hmm. they're going to be a little insecure with that. So it's, it's really like a slow process of gaining that trust. This is the group that definitely needs to go to therapy if any hmm. group. And so, so you just got to be supportive of them because you're not going to, of course, be able to understand everything that they went through. Right. Um, unless you have that situation, but, 
I wouldn't recommend having two fearful avoidance together, you know, because sometimes I have a friend who's, they both, her and her uh, boyfriend were both sexually abused. And she's like, oh, that's probably a good thing, right? It's like, no, this means you have two people with a lot of trauma, mm -hmm. unless you're really discussing it with each other. Or you've done a lot of healing. You've gone to therapy and you've worked through it and yeah. you know how to spot the, you know, the right. side. Yeah. But they hadn't gone through any therapy. Right. So I was like, well, they were not, using each other as therapists. Yeah. And it's like, it's not really, you're not really hanging around watching TV and like, Hey, let's talk about our childhood and the trauma. You right. Know? That doesn't happen. That's for the professionals. So. Right. Okay. So we've gone through the four attachment styles. I feel like, you know, the gif of the people staring off into space and there's all these math things flying around them and they're yeah. trying to calculate. I feel like that's me right now. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. So now, You've heard my story. I'm so curious. Oh, yeah. You were mentioning before we started recording that you actually re-listened to it. I did yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> he did his homework. Because I, I, I already knew what you, what I think you are, but I was like, okay, I'd listened to that when it came out or I think it was around Vegas when we were uh -huh. in Vegas. But, uh, so like, okay, I need to remember to go through this again. And you know, cause I could have got it wrong, but, uh, yeah, after listening to it, I was like, okay, I think I have it. Okay. Now my other question is, did you ever listen to my very first episode? I don't think so. Because my first episode is literally my whole childhood and everything that's happened to me in the past. So had you oh, listened really? to that? <laughs> yeah. So had you listened to that, you'd be like, ah, I was right or I was oh, wrong. Oh man, so, I wish I knew that. Yeah. So my first episode is literally the nuts and bolts, nitty gritty, like the really, it was, I came out the gates with an episode that was like, I'm just going to stand naked in front of everybody basically right. and just say all the things. So I'm interested because since you haven't heard that, I'll be even more interested to know now. If yeah, you nailed I, it. Yeah, I, like I started from that, those episodes on. So I okay, didn't even okay. realize, which is, I wish I'd known that now because I'm like, <laughs> there's some things I was like, I'd like hear something about your father and I'd be like, okay, wait, is there a clue or not a clue? You know, um, by your reactions to your relationships, I believe anxious attachment is your strongest. Okay. Um, I don't know what percentage, of course, you'd have to, the way to get your attachment style is to take a test. So there's an actual test that people can take and is it, it's, it's online? Yeah, online. The one I recommend, because I don't have my own yet, is Dr. Chris Fraley, F-R-A-L-E-Y. We'll put the link in our show description for sure. And so he can, you can take it multiple times and he's well known and he's a psychiatrist, well known in the therapy world and in the attachment world. And so you can, you basically answering questions about your mom, dad, and your your relationships and then it shows like a chart and you can take as many times as you want to see because you will change because mm -hmm. you are affected by the relationships you're in or whatever mm -hmm. you're doing. And so, um, but yeah, I believe your anxious attachment style is your strongest and really was the, with the, those episodes I listened to, um, you, it seemed to, you got into the relationship pretty hot and heavy quick. Mm -hmm. You did everything for this guy uh -huh. and he was not reciprocating very well at all. Uh -huh. Um, and no matter how much he did, it seemed like you were really like that you're going to tend to look at the bright side of this person. Mm -hmm. Like you even paid for his schooling. I remember at one point. Yeah. After he'd broken up. With yeah. Him. Yeah. And of course I tell these people, it's really easy when you're on the outside looking in. Cause yeah. I'm like, if I looked at my relationship, people are like, I can't believe you put up with that, you know? Yeah. But, but when you're on the outside, it's easy to figure this out. Yeah. You were just putting all this energy or you, I remember at one point you said, I think it was the first date you were thinking about uh, being a stepmom to the yeah. kid. And it's like, Anxious people tend to forecast, like you're already planning the wedding on you yeah. know, date two or three. Like I said, it went very fast, it went from zero to a hundred quick. Mm -hmm. And then you were, you were very giving and then he wasn't, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if he was an avoidant, but for an avoidant, it's really easy to be good in a relationship when you're not in the same city. Yeah. And so you can have that fun and then get out and do your own thing. And so, so I always tell people if you're an avoidant and you're not working on it, either you want to like a 
friends with benefits situation or long distance relationship. Okay, so his background was his dad and mom were constantly breaking up and getting back together and breaking up and getting back together to the point where his mom had kids with other men while the parents would be split up. And when they came back together, like the dad is now dadding other men's kids. And it was like a very like a family with just so much on and off. Like we're back on again. Dad's back. Okay. Yeah. Well now we're going to adjust in this whole, it's a new family now, but he's here and then he'd peace out and come back. And so that does sound pretty consistent with avoidant. Yeah. With all that, I would definitely think, especially with the parents back and forth, I wouldn't doubt that somebody's avoidant, somebody's anxious. That's probably mm-hmm. why they had a lot of that. Yeah. So I think that's probably what that was. So the combination of me being mostly anxious and him being mostly avoidant, Results in? <laughs> results in you becoming more anxious. Okay. And in response to calm your attachment system, you need to get closer to him. Uh-huh. To, cause you're, so anxious people um, are not good at self-soothing. Right. They tend to rely on the partner for that. Right. And so that would make sense where when things were getting shitty, I was like, okay, so we should have a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's going to be around me because yeah. I got this kid. But I mean, then he wanted it too, but it was like, we still never even had a plan for me to live in the same city as him. Yeah. So it was pretty easy for him to be like, yeah, let's have a baby. I'll be over here in Chicago or whatever. We don't even have a plan to live together. Uh, and I was like, perfect, a baby. We would be a family. We'd be so close together. Yeah. So I think you probably, I mean, it definitely, I've clearly you nailed it. However, I would say that, you know how you're saying people can change. Right. I would not say I'm that same at all anymore right? because it was such a hard lesson to learn and I had to do so much reflection. I had to do so much counseling after <laughs> that it's, I'm so different now. I'm more the, the, the fourth one. Oh, the fearful void. Yeah. Okay. I really think I am. Which there are similarities. Of course, those two have a lot of similarities. I think because I wounds. had, I was already, I've already had a really traumatic childhood. Okay. I've already, you know, had all those inconsistencies. But then when you throw in this super traumatic relationship, when I've put myself all in, I feel like it was like kind of trauma laid on top of more trauma. Yeah. And now when I meet someone, when I think that I'm even anywhere close to seeing anything like that kind of trauma, I want to peace out like right. or shut down or nope, because I'm really fine by myself. I'm really confident and happy alone. And I realize I have much less trauma <laughs> when I'm alone. Right. So... I'm not afraid of that any like uh, anymore. Does that make sense? Or maybe maybe I'm a different one now. No, it makes total sense. And also, you know, I was saying you're you're not just one, right? So your secure side because you made you did some work. You also yeah. are not around a person like that. So you're going to naturally become a little bit more secure when you're single. As I was thinking about this on the drive over too, I was like, okay, from that experience, like I said, I, I sense more anxious, which like I said fearful, avoidant, and anxious have a lot of similarities. Uh-huh. But yeah, as far as your business, from my experience, I was like, okay, it's like she's a go getter, and that tends to be not an anxious person as much. And so they're usually the ones kind of just helping people out. Yeah. And so you can fluctuate. There's been, there was a study done over four years where um, 25% of these people they studied actually changed their attachment style, but they didn't have any knowledge of attachment style other than they took the test before and after, Yeah. you know? And so you're going to change just in your situation. Well, I would hope that we would. I mean, that's what life is all about growing and learning and, you know, editing, moving forward accordingly based on what you've learned in the past. Right. So I think that that only makes more sense. And I think that for me, I went from putting all my self-worth into whether or not somebody saw value in me into putting my self-worth in knowing who I am as a person, what I have to offer somebody and what I'm able to create in this world, i.e. a podcast or, you know, great memories with my clients or whatever. So I've just changed where I place my self-value. Right. 
Yeah, and it's definitely not in a relationship because I spent my whole life thinking I'm only worthy if somebody else loves me. Right. And that's why I went from relationship to relationship to relationship, back to back to back since I was 17 years old. I always identified as somebody's something. So I'm the drummer's girlfriend. I'm that guy's wife. I'm that guy's something. And then once I was in a position where I was zero, I went from a hundred to zero because I was fully invested in that person in the 50 shades of red. Like we're having a baby and I lost him and the baby all at once. And it was like, boom, you're alone. And I had to all of a sudden look at what does that feel like to actually be alone? And as terrified as I was of that, my whole life thinking that I needed love to be relevant. Right. I realized, oh, being alone is actually a lot more comfortable. I'm not crying myself to sleep at night. I'm not wasting all my energy. I'm not wasting all my time. I'm not wasting all my emotions. And I was like, oh, why was I so afraid of this this whole time? And now I'm just love, I like, now I love that feeling of that comfort, that peace, you know? So does that sound like I'm more secure now? Yeah, secure people are fine being alone. Yeah. Uh, avoidance tend to, when they get out of a relationship, their attachment system will be chill to have a sense of relief at first mm-hmm. because they're not, they, they think you're the problem yeah. 100% usually. And so, but once it's usually like six to eight weeks roughly, but then they'll start to either miss you uh-huh. and, they'll, and they'll come back to you or they're going to find a replacement. So they don't have to deal with that. Grief. Yeah. So him being an avoidant, that was exactly, yeah. I remember initially he goes, I'm a lot less stressed out now that we're not together. And I was like, well, yeah, cause you were having to lie to everybody about me. Like, yeah, yeah that's a, it was a lot of lying that you had to do. So of course you were going to associate stress with me when really I wasn't stressed. It was your life situation. And then of course it was, well, initially he was trying to hit me up, but yeah, six months later it was like, I need you. I love you. I miss you. Yeah, for sure. So you, yeah, you for sure hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And see the anxious person, they tend to, they need somebody to self-soothe. So they usually jump right in relationships. Uh-huh. Um, like all my exes other than that one have been anxious and it's like within a month, they're already in another relationship. I think that in, some- in this situation, the Fifty Shades of Red situation, his anxious attachment has him keeping Beyonce, the girl I called Beyonce around the whole time because she doesn't, she allows him to be in an open relationship. So whenever he needs that soothing, he could just go back to her and he, she's not making him do anything. Like he still has all the freedom in the world, but he's got that soothing there when he needs it. Exactly. So he wasn't really worried about losing me right away because he was going to sleep in a bed with her immediately. There was no I'm sitting there thinking, oh, he must be crying himself to sleep, missing me. No, he wasn't. He was snuggled up to somebody else already. So yeah, that's just, yeah. it's hitting a little too close to home for me right now, mister. <laughs> yeah, and see, she was accepting whatever because she didn't want to be alone. And so that, you mentioned about being alone. That's for fearful avoidance and um, anxious attachment style. They have some similar common core wounds and one is I, I fear that or I will be alone. So I think her, Beyonce, probably has that anxious because she was adopted and she has like a whole situation with her parents where probably she feels like maybe someone won't love me one day. So she'll accept his shittiness. Right. So he was like going back and forth between two anxious. Yeah. Who were happy to accept whatever he was willing to give them. Exactly. Man. (laughs) Oh, geez. My mind is blown right now. I see how you got so into this and so wrapped up in it and like kind of OCD about it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not that complicated. I always tell people like, like I'm not a the therapist. names are complicated, right? And that's what turned me off. Yeah, because I'm like the anxious blah blah blah. blah. Then I'm like too many syllables. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah. The colors either on them. It's one name for all four of them, and really, honestly, like I said the majority of them are the three. Yeah, like it's a small population that's the fourth one. But yeah, uh, but yeah, there's really not much to it. I mean, you can get deep into it like I do, but but uh, yeah, and it just to me it helps. I use it for with my kids. 
and even friends relationships, you yeah. know? So like I have a friend who's his dad like was in his life and he's very needy, mm-hmm. you know, but he's my best friend, but like he'll get upset if I don't call him every week, you know? And so, but I have the other friend who's like, he's probably more secure. He's like, I don't care if you don't talk to me for two months. We're you know? still friends. It's all good. Yeah. And so everybody, you kind of use it to adapt. And then I use it for dating, of course, to, you know, maximize my time, you know? So here's my struggle with this. I feel like these attachment styles are a lot easier to figure out once the relationship's already over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Cause you're like the way someone, I always say you only know it was love based on how it ends. Right. Right. Because when someone, when it's catastrophic, when it's respectful or like there are so many ways a relationship can end and it says a lot about whether or not it was actually love to me. That's the way I see it. And so I feel like when we're sitting here, it's really easy. Like you said, as outsiders to see this story, this crazy 50 shades of red situation and be like, oh, well, he was obviously this and she was obviously that. But when I'm in it, it wasn't obvious because he was so good at playing all the games and he was so good at lying and bullshitting with me that I was really thinking I would have thought he was secure. Yeah, that's why I always tell people, that, well, the more knowledgeable you become of attachment styles, the quicker you can figure it out. Right. Well, so I guess basically I should have known based on once he told me his dad was in and out and in and out of the picture. I should have been like, oh, this guy might be anxious. Is that where I should like, where should I have been like, Skirp, never yeah. mind. Yeah, I start to me, I when I'm dating somebody, I kind of want to know their childhood. I want to know their parents. I want to see how detailed they if they overshare, yeah. then they're probably anxious. If they undershare, they're probably avoidant. And so I kind of start digging into that a little bit, but uh-huh. not so obvious. Not like where it's like, I'm, you know, like I'm in a therapy, I can kind of get to the, the meat of it really quickly. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, okay, okay. She's anxious. Like, so my last ex, she's very anxious, you know, and I, I learned about her parents pretty quickly. And so, okay, well now I know I need to be more present. I need to respond to texts faster. Okay. So, but when you're out there and you're meeting people and you say like, okay, I met this woman and she's anxious. So is there an, I, if you're trying to find an ideal person, like, okay, let's say for example, astrology, right? When I'm like scrolling through, you say you're scrolling through people on an app and you're like, oh, I know I'm not a good combination with a Leo. <laughs> oh, I'm not a good, I'm yeah, I'm not gonna do good with a cancer. Like right. I know that. So is it when you're dating, you should just only be looking for secure people or what, like, what is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, because there's not a lot of them out there. Ah, man. Yeah, it's funny because <laughs> I, so this dating app I'm a part of, we went to do an event in San Francisco and I actually met a woman there and she, uh, she asked what I did and I mentioned attachment styles. She goes, oh, I'm 80% secure. And I was like shocked. I was like, Flex. She's, <laughs> I was like, that's hilarious. all of a sudden she became more interesting to me because of that. So that did it for you. Yeah. And, and she wasn't somebody I would normally that go for. That should be like a new pickup line for people. I'm 80% secure. Yeah. And I was like, I was surprised she even knew what that was because most people don't. That's why I started this whole thing. Right. Yeah. To you're people trying know. to educate people. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just feel the more knowledgeable you come of become of it, you can see how your body or your responses to that person. And so you're going to pick it up quicker. Uh-huh. And so I'm able to pick people up quicker because of, um, because of the knowledge, you know, and so it, it doesn't take a lot of time to figure this out, but I do have this advantage where, because I talk about it, they tend to give me their attachment style. Uh, in yeah, advance. Yeah, yeah. So I do have that unfair. Also, advantage. you're probably picking up women that found you on TikTok and are like, hey. my, my last one's from TikTok. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok has become my dating app, so I do, yeah. I do, I don't do good on dating apps. TikTok, yeah, I mean, it has been my. Hey, dating I app. saw you on TikTok. Yeah. I'm eighty percent secure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, where do you live? <laughs> How to pick up Jason Green? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just say you're secure. I'm good. It works. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, really, a lot of times it's funny. Cause sometimes, anytime I get anything negative, uh, reviews or whatever, it's like 
you know, like, why are you mean about the avoidance? Like, I'm not mean. I'm letting you know, I actually defend them a lot, but it's like, this is not them just purposely being abrasive or mean. This is their subconscious. Their brain is developed this way. Right. It's not that anybody is just a malicious, horrible person purposely yeah. going out and hurting people. It's their response to how their foundation was laid to how they were raised and what they experienced when they first came into this world, which is of no fault of their own. Exactly. And yeah. they all have great qualities. You we're with them for a reason, right? Yeah. You know, but unfortunately these other things kind of get in the way. Okay. So let's recap. Number one, we got secure. Yes. Okay. Number two, we've got anxious. Right. Number three, we've got avoidant. Dismissive avoidant. Dismissive avoidant. Jesus. And number four, we've got, I know the word starts with the F fearful. Correct. <sighs> okay. I passed That's the it. test. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for being here on Big Lash Energy. I'm just so glad we finally made this happen. And I'm so glad that we get to do this in person because we're sitting right now in Los Angeles in Venice Beach. And I think that's so cool because we could have done this interview on Riverside or Squadcast or something, right. but it's totally a different vibe when you actually get to be, you know, face to face with somebody. And so I really appreciate you making the drive across town to come and meet with me. Thank you. It's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad we got to do this in person also. In our show description, I'm going to put a brief description of each of the attachment styles with a link to the uh, doctor's quiz that you recommended okay, so that our listeners can definitely dive in and learn this for themselves. But also I would highly recommend that they check out your TikTok because you've got all this information just sitting in little nice little tasty nuggets for them. <laughs> you yourself have a podcast. Yes. It's called Relationships and Relationships. Mm-hmm. As in S-H-I-T-S. Mm-hmm. And I talk mostly about attachment styles down there. And so that's obviously where people need to go find to learn more, to dive in. And then if they want little nuggets of information, they can go find you on TikTok. Yes. That's where I'm active pretty much every day. So if anybody's following you, they're going to know all about it. Yes, for sure. (laughs) I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for being here on Big Lush Energy. You're now officially a new BLE bestie. Thank you. Wasn't that fascinating? Ever since that conversation, I've had an entirely different perspective on how I've shown up in my past relationships and what to look for moving forward. It's also a really good reminder that we really never should underestimate the power that our childhood has on how we live our daily lives as adults. And it's just another reason why talking about what you've been through with a trained professional can be so helpful. If you were raised with inconsistent parenting, abuse, neglect, distant or unloving parents, I would love to recommend that you talk to someone because you could end up in relationship cycles that are less than healthy. It's promising to know that we can move towards secure attachment styles and therefore attract healthier relationships moving forward. And that's exactly what you deserve. The love that you did or didn't have as a child is not the love that you have to have in the future. You can have better. Thank you to Jason for being on the show this week, for sharing his knowledge with us, and thanks to you for pressing play. If you know someone who could find this helpful, would you pretty please share this show with them? I hear every time you do somebody else takes the time to heal from their core wounds. It's true. I can't wait till you hear what I have in store for you next week. But until then, go be your most fabulous self. And don't forget to spread that badass big lush energy everywhere you go. Damn, Jane. Thanks again. If you Damn, Jane. I know you're the one with the plan. Damn, Jane. There's no time to waste what you make. Damn, Jane. Cause
There's no time to wait 